0: And welcome to the last episode of Speak Up podcast by Isaac in Help University. So I am your host for today, Yongjie. And today we are joined by four very amazing people. We have two guest speakers and we have two university students to join us to discuss about the topic of learning environments in educational institutes in Malaysia. So in this context, we know that more and more schools are trying to incorporate entrepreneurship skills within their curriculum to better enhance the students' potentials along with the regular subjects like maths, science, English, Malay, so you name it. Lah. And so we are here to find out about within and outside of school context about additional support for entrepreneurial knowledge for the students. So without further ado, for the speakers, maybe you can provide us a brief introduction about yourself so that the audience can know better about you and maybe we can start off with the two guest speakers maybe miss betty would like to go first
1: hello hi i'm betty leong the principal of sekolah menengah san francis Xavier, keningau yeah i'm from sabah school from sabah and uh, i've been uh, educator since uh, for 25 years already
0: all right welcome miss betty to the podcast we are very very glad to have you here to share your insights and for everybody's context uh sekolah menengah saint francis xavier is uh, the our partner school currently with our speak up project and with that we can move on to the next guest speaker miss priscilla
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Priscilla. I'm the founder of Ooz, Ooz Club. So what is Ooz? Ooz is actually an online teenager startup incubator where we focus on helping teenagers to grow and launch their idea. So I am from Kota Kinabalu, Sabah. Um, so Ooz Club is basically helping the t- uh, kids and teenagers in Sabah to um, be creative and be innovative. Thank you.
0: All right, Ms. Priscilla really welcome you to the podcast too. Glad that you are on. And then can we welcome the two university students that will be joining us in the podcast? So maybe Zoe can go first.
3: Hi everyone, my name is Zoe. I'm a final year psychology student and I'm currently studying in HELP University.
0: All right, welcome Zoe. And then we have Deborah. Hi
4: everyone, I am Deborah and I am a second year in Electrical and Engineering student in University Malaysia Sarawak Unimas.
0: Alright, welcome Deborah to the podcast and so as we said that uh, today's episode will be about the learning environment of educational institutes in Malaysia. So why not we get a little bit of uh, insight about how Malaysian schools uh, work and what kind of things that they focus on. And for this question, maybe it will be more catered to Miss Betty. So for Miss Betty, you know, what does the school provide? What does Malaysian schools provide or focus on? What does uh, Malaysian schools maybe lack in some places? What they they can't give and can give? And yes, maybe you would like to give your insights.
1: Uh, for Malaysian education, uh, we have the national education policy, yeah. That um, our education is ongoing efforts towards further developing the potential of individuals, yeah. We we want to have a holistic, yeah, holistic, uh, and integrated student that uh, intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, and physically balanced uh, and harmonious, and We are giving the best free education to all, yeah. And then we are focused, of course, in curriculum, especially the academic, the co-curriculum, and also, uh, yeah, co-curriculum involves the sports, arts, and everything. We wish to have a quality education system that develops individuals, yeah, to their full potentials, and so that we'll have a prosperous uh, nation. But then um, our school in Malaysia, especially in my school, uh, we have a few uh shortcomings. Um, I mean we are our students are learning too much theories, uh, and then the their lack of exposure to the real life, yeah. And their the lack of like soft skills, yeah, like uh, communication skills, problem-solving skills, and um, what happened when they um, graduated? Yeah, from secondary school, they cannot uh, survive. Yeah, they cannot survive with what they have learned in school for their um, future. Yeah, some of them couldn't get work. Yeah, because there are lack of communication skills problem solving skills and yeah the life skills that they need for the future yeah i think that is what um overall <laughs> the education uh, in malaysia okay especially in my school yeah and uh, my my school is, is in the uh, interior area so exposure, we have less exposure to external uh, agencies or organ organization. Yeah, we need exposure. Yeah.
0: Yes, thank okay. you, Miss Petty, for your insight. And I believe that uh, even though Malaysian government schools are lacking in terms of like uh, soft skills, uh, practicality in the experiences, and also let's say life skills, as you as you mentioned, like I do believe that. Uh, the the current curriculum that uh, the schools are giving are still you know essential for the students growth lah, uh, regardless but of course like we do also have to address like these flaws that the current government schools have and you know maybe we can get some personal experience or personal insights from both the university students uh, so so we is from West Malaysia and Deborah is from East Malaysia. I want I wonder if there's any difference, but you know, maybe you guys can give your insights in your experiences during high school times. Starting with uh maybe Deborah maybe.
4: Okay, hi uh-huh. everyone again. So I'm a, as a high schooler from Sabah. And especially when I'm a high school student, that's not like in the city. It's also like Uh, miss betty is in the interior area so i i agree with miss betty since she is an educator in sabah school so just like me i'm a student from um in sabah as well and it's true that they lack problem solving skills and lack exposure and because to prove that is because since i am already in uni uh, taking engineering however in high school, in my school, we don't have no hands-on experiments because we lack the facilities that is really well suited for some experiments in our schools, which will lead us to um, not as much experience when you are in a course in university that has anything to do with hands-on experiments. So you can imagine a high school me uh, in Sabah, you know a countryside girl like that entering a university that has no experience at all about, oh, a buret looks like this, a pipette looks like this and then when you're in like foundation studies then you see everything in the first, for the first time, so you're just like a a small town girl in a big world, according to the Journey song, so yeah I really agree with what Miss Betty said about high school high school students ever since from me which was from 2017 like that until now, we still lack um, students, still lack exposure, problem solving skills, and maybe especially in that we do not know, they lack uh, the perfect facilities provided, what should be provided by the government like that. So that's all I can say. That's what my opinion is.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Deborah. And yes, I think I can relate to it. To that too, because like you know, for 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 me in my primary school, I learned about all these test tips, but I can only like look 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 at those like you know shapes in the books. and suddenly, when I moved to high school, when they show us like oh, this is test tip, yeah, <laughs> I kind of relate in that sense lah, and it's quite an experience, change in experience. And let's move on to maybe Zoe.
3: Hi. Hey, okay. Um. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I was also a government school student. I went to Kembangsaan School. But uh the only difference I guess was that uh my school was in a town, probably considered the uh maybe it's considered a city, I'm not sure. <laughs> but um yeah, so I guess I would be more privileged than um um other students from like the rural side. But I also agree that like with Miss Betty about the problems, I think like um the problems are still like apparent in even in like cities like for government schools especially about like the like the communication the uh, like the speaking skills and the problem solving because like um for I remember like when I first went to university like uh, one of my lecturers actually like he told us that like the hardest part about teaching government school kids is like helping them break out of their shell to be someone who can speak up better because like I don't know about like other schools but like one thing I noticed from like like government schools around my area like they always focus they focus a lot on like discipline so like they want you to be like um good kids and like I don't know whether it's an Asian thing where they're like oh okay good kids equal kids that don't talk so much so like uh so that they are like obedient and stuff like that so when but it's very different in like the working world you need to be someone who is always daring to speak up and stuff like that so i think that's one thing about the communication skill and then also about like the problem solving skills and critical thinking skills like um deborah said like and, and young and miss betty said it's very theory based so like, i think malaysian schools they focus a lot on like memorization skills you don't get to actually like, like young said just now <laughs> you see the test tube on you, you don't get to touch it. <laughs> so like even though I had like that classes and stuff, we were not the ones who prepared all the experiment stuff. We did the experiment, but like we did it in like very, very big groups. so not everyone had the chance to like actually do the experiment. so like the teacher would give it to like the more careful kids and the one who prepared the stuff would be the lab, lab assistant. Which I understand because, like, you know, they want to prevent like accidents and stuff. But then again, it, yeah, it kind of like lacks that like hands-on experience that you only get when you go to university. Which I think, like that kind of education that they provide in universities, at least some part of it should be provided in secondary schools because not everyone gets to continue their studies to university that's like a privilege for many people so i think yeah high schools there are although i like young said i uh, agree that the current uh, education system is essential for um everyone the free education is uh it covers a lot already but there are things that they are still lacking and i think we can definitely improve on a lot yeah so that students are like ready to go out into the working world. They are like much more well-equipped to go out into the working world if they, if they don't have like the uh, like funds to go to university because like university is honestly very, very expensive. Yeah, so yeah, that's from me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting to see like insights from like a government school in a more uh, rural area and also like from a more town city area. It has like a bit of a difference in terms of uh it has its difference and similarities in terms of how things are in the schools. And with that, also going back to the point where uh even though government school curriculum that are teaching the usual maths, uh science, those are uh, usual subjects are essential, there are also flaws, uh, as Miss Patty mentioned just now, which were the soft skills, the practicality, uh uh some of which it's not really the schools for, or maybe the economics for, and things like that. Some things that are not uh, can't be controlled, right? And with that, there are external institutes that are supporting these schools in those aspects. And whose club is uh, one of it? So, whose club, which is the club that uh, Miss Priscilla is from. So, Miss Priscilla, would you like to give us your insights in terms of like the additional aspects and additional support that you are that your organisation is giving to uh, help these students?
2: Yeah, sure. So, hi, it's me again, Priscilla here. Yeah? So, um, after listening to uh, the insights from Deborah and Joey, so I, that's, uh, I I can conclude that this is actually a nationwide problem where it, it is not that uh, only the West Malaysian students and Malaysian students are facing this problem so this is the problem this is the cultures of Malaysian education so there's a gap where uh, the high schools and the uni students have so the gap between it is quite big is because what you learn in high school you were like a a bird in a cage where you were limited to uh, the disciplines and uh, Curriculums by schools, uh, there's no um, rooms for you to be creative or innovative enough uh, in high school. But when you are in the uni, you need to be like, uh, you are like the bird free from the cage. So, but the problem is the creativity and innovative part of the students actually starts from very young, uh, uh, which is from, uh, you know, from 7 years old to 12 years old, that's the best age For creativity and innovative. Uh, When uh, students grow, creativity and innovations tend to lower and when they go into uni, it will be lower as well. So uh, what OUS is trying to do is uh, try to close the gap here between uh, uni and high school where we provide a platform and also a chance opportunity for the students, which they already have ideas to solve a problem, or maybe they have a creative way to create a new product or anything. Then we have a platform for them to, you know, to showcase their, their idea as a platform to show their talent. Uh, that is why U's uh, is formed to let these students to have an. Have an opportunity to, to you know, uh, showcase what whatever talent they have. So, uh, like Miss Becky said, School, government schools are lack like of um, uh, soft skill. This is where we come in to provide soft skills to the students. So in U's Club, we uh, we organize two kinds of events. So one is B-SPA um, uh, Bootcamp, it is actually an entrepreneurial leadership bootcamp. So we teach the basic of entrepreneurship uh, through actually helping the students to create a small business. So this is where they actually uh, learn about the soft skills, where they need to select a business based on uh, their interests, based on their expertise, and then they have to design their business, they have to develop the product, come up, um, they have to build a prototype for it and then they have to go to the marketing side, they have to launch the business, and at the end of the day, they have to do a sharing on how they uh, uh, use their profit and how can their business help others. So this way, us is trying to uh, incorporate or uh, collaborate with the government school, where uh, government school are lack of uh, soft skills, their lack of hands-on project. This is where we come on board to collaborate with the government school so that students from uh, government school they have all the essential skills like uh, english math and like what young and uh, you guys say so you have all the essential skills and all the essential academic uh theory already then we are a platform where you can apply uh the, the hands-on uh, uh project you can you can experience the real world uh, life skills and and present your idea and um that is where we want to that is why we want to cooperate with the government school so this is uh what we see it is lacking in the school and that is why we uh we formed U's club uh just to let the teenagers to have a platform to showcase their their talent yeah.
0: yeah it's really amazing to see like these other initiatives that uh people people from U's club and also like other places possibly uh to help close this gap between the university and high school and also help these students in terms of their soft skills and also uh, practical experiences and giving them a chance to like showcase themselves and also directing a question to miss betty or, or or rather like uh, asking for your insights. i do i do know that uh your school has actually started incorporating entrepreneurial skills and also like uh, extra curriculums uh for your students to make up for these possible lackings in, in in government schools. And would you like to give your insight into what kind of actions or like movements that you have taken in terms of this aspect?
1: Okay. Um yeah, I, I'm really interested in this uh, NGO like Uz Club, uh, who collaborate with schools to as a platform to for the students to showcase their talents, uh, especially in entrepreneurship. So in, in my school, I uh, really encourage my students yeah, to participate in any competition yeah? uh, especially in this um, entrepreneurship. So what uh, we have achieved so far, my students uh, they participate in this uh, young entrepreneurs striving for success yeah. Sponsored by Malaysian Cooperative uh, Societies Commission, that is the SKM, yeah, Corporasi, Corporasi Malaysia, and I was so surprised and amazed that they won three awards, yeah, the best uh, presentation, uh, and then the best manager, the and they get the third best uh, project, and their project is actually their. Uh, they have a product, yeah. They, they are making a curry meat paste, yeah. Curry, multi purpose curry meat paste. They have their own recipe with a special uh, herbs inside a secret recipe. Uh, they they put bunga kantan inside uh, with a very nice aromatic uh, taste. Uh. So they sell, they sell this uh, uh, curry paste to. Uh, the students, the teachers, uh, and then they get feedback. They have their own manager. They, they, they manage their own uh, planning strategy, marketing strategy, everything. Yeah. So, and at first, uh, I, I didn't expect my student to be one of the best presentation. You know what? They have the potential, but then if we don't train them, we don't give them the opportunity, they 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 will not uh, excel, yeah. So for my students, I I ask the teacher the teachers to coach the students, and actually they can do it when they are coached uh, and given the opportunity. They can really uh, show their potential, yeah. And that is the one of the uh, opportunities that I give to my students. And also, we have this Young Entrepreneurs uh, Society uh, Club. Yeah, Young Entrepreneur Club. And every day they they will have their uh, food or anything to sell for their friends. Yeah. And they they will calculate their income, uh, how much they spend, and what's their benefit, everything. Yeah. Profit, profit uh so it's good to have uh this kind of opportunity for the students and i wish that they have a more uh external organization to to support our school yeah maybe to give talk give talk or share their their experience uh share their how to be a good entrepreneur yeah i really encourage yeah external organization to collaborate with with our school and the students are really uh they have the potentials but sometimes the opportunity yeah to to get uh outside support they, they really need that yeah and i think U's club is we are very fortunate in sabah we have ooz club yeah who, who will get uh the potentials of the students uh, they can Encourage the students, yeah. That is some of our initiatives uh, for the students. Yeah, apart from our lesson in, this, in the school, we have, when they learn maths, mathematics, uh, we also incorporate entrepreneur skills, yeah, to them. Yeah. And they have subject like business subject, that one also, but it is more of theory, more of theory. We, we did more hands-on activities. And I plan to invite, yeah, speakers, especially talking about uh, entrepreneurship, yeah. But because of this COVID problem, so I have to hold uh, this uh, program.
0: Yep, I think it's really really nice to see, like you know, uh, both high schools and also like external institutes working together to help the students uh, for the same course. And I believe that is a very uh, inspiring movement to have. And also just to clarify that uh I think we, we discussed before that there are actually like lesser initiatives in terms of uh these established external institutes that help uh youth in terms of entrepreneurial aspects in Sabah And uh Miss Priscilla, maybe you can clarify whether
2: this is true. Yeah I'm actually quite glad that uh we have Miss Patty in uh principal in uh, Kebangsaan school because uh, like I mentioned before, not all the principals in uh, uh, high school actually support and encourage students to to learn about entrepreneur skills because they think that uh, entrepreneur skills uh, should be learned in university instead of in high school because high school students should focus more on academic and uh, others. So I'm actually really glad that uh, Miss Betty actually encourage the students in, in her school to participate in uh, these kinds of competitions and all. And uh, I just want to, on top of what Miss Becky mentions just now, I just want to add on a little bit, like in what Boost Club uh, do is actually we invite industry experts to evaluate the pitching uh, in the pitching competitions where they really share their real uh, journey, their real uh, entrepreneur journey to the students. And based on what the student pitch in the competitions, they actually uh, give uh, real evaluations and real experiment, uh, I mean, experience uh, to the students. That is where the students can really improve uh, from, from the evaluations from the industry experts. So uh, that is where we can uh, help the students really understand about uh, what is actually happening in the real world, where the entrepreneurs basis is not a smooth journey for entrepreneurs all the way. They have ups and downs of course during MCO they have a lot of challenges, and that is where the industry experts actually share the experience on how they uh, overcome all these challenges and stuff so uh, in O club, we actually provide these kinds of experience uh, for the uh contestant. So uh in terms of uh what Yong mentioned just now, it is less initiative. I agree with that, because um uh through our research and uh we only found that there, there are only few uh like uh, in West Malaysia particular focus in teenagers, entrepreneurships, educations, uh, but not much in uh Sabah itself. So that is why uh when Ms. Betty mentions uh, the competitions. I think it is from West Malaysia, right? I'm not sure. Is it uh, West Malaysia uh, competitions, Miss Betty? The one that you mentioned just now?
1: Yeah, it's uh, all over Malaysia.
2: Yeah, it's a nation, nationwide uh, competition, yeah, right? Yeah, Yeah. so some of the students actually do not have the opportunity to participate in this kind of competitions because... Uh, a school have to choose like uh, only maybe uh, the top students or maybe uh, the one that uh, can really speak really well in public speaking that is where the, the, the schools actually uh, shortlisted some of them to be participate in this kind of competitions but maybe there are some of the students that maybe he's not really good in public speaking but he actually has a really good idea in solving certain problems but no one see their potentials so or no one uh, they have nowhere to, to talk about. There's no one to talk about with. So that is where we come up to help the students. Like we want to let the students know that, okay, we, uh, no matter if you are good in your academic or if you are uh, uh, not good in public speaking or anything, if you have an idea, just come to us. We will help you to build your idea. We will help you to grow your idea. That is our initiative. So uh, uh, back to what Young mentioned just now, it is less, it is very less in Sabah. That is why we want to form this to help the students. I'm not sure if there's a lot in uh, Sarawak, but in Sabah itself, uh, the students only have the chance to participate only when uh, West Malaysians are less competitions nationwide where, where they're in white schools or maybe they're, they're uh, open to the... Uh, the whole nation that is where the students can participate in but if there is no uh, open to public then we don't have any chances to actually participate in these kinds of events i i I understand that some of the competitions in west malaysia they are open only to um, uh, certain states it is maybe only penang malaka or anything uh, but it's not for malaysia and not for sabah itself so most of the students in Saba they actually do not have the opportunity to participate in this kind of uh, competitions. When they do not have this kind of opportunity to participate, they learn nothing. Even though they have a lot of theory, they know about entrepreneurship. But if they do not have hands-on projects, they do not participate in, in the competitions, they do not know the, the whole process of uh, entrepreneurship. So there's no way for them to learn or grow. Yeah, so back to you, um, Young.
0: Thank you so much for sharing Miss Priscilla and yes I do agree that uh, maybe in West Malaysia there may be more institutes uh, I have personally I personally know as of uh, two institutes uh, for, for, for uh, as of my knowledge already and there may be like uh, various other institutes out there that are uh, helping the students out and in terms of East Malaysia as you said it is confirmed that you know there is uh, lesser initiatives in terms of uh, these external institutes to support the government schools, and yes, in terms of uh, what you mentioned just now, uh, about being unsure whether Sarawak has uh, these initiatives or not, maybe we can get some insights from Deborah, and maybe Deborah would, uh, can can let us know like in Sarawak whether there are like um these external institutes that are readily available. Are they like scarce or are they like um a lot of it out there?
4: Uh, yeah. So in Unimas, we it is compulsory that every student in their foundation studies to at least take the subject entrepreneurship. So uh, yearly, the students of foundation would uh, really have a bazaar yearly. So it is the students themselves who do the entrepreneurship thing. The lecturer only like uh, says, okay, this boot is yours, and but the rest the the buying things the cooking things and also selling products it's all up to the students so it's like um it may be only an internal organization because so far um in unimas um, the collaboration of entrepreneurship between external organizations isn't really well known yet however um internally speaking unimas itself is providing a chance for students who are interested in entrepreneurship skills to actually really learn it because it's actually like an assignment for them. So they can, each and every one of them, they are open to do anything they want as long as it has to do with learning profit, selling products, and presenting their ideas in terms of entrepreneurship. So I can say that Unimas is doing uh, an okay job in even albeit not having external organization with them, with any um, business classes, they actually have like a bazaar so they can learn what to do when handling business. Yeah. So I think Genima is doing a good job at that.
0: Thank you, Deborah, for your insight. And yes, with that, I think we also can uh, go into the topic of like, you know, since now we are currently in the pandemic situation and education is a uh, very, very a big part in terms of getting affected by it and since everything is moved to the virtual platform ever since like the pandemic situation has started, uh, we can try to get like insights about like what really has changed so far and I think also we all mentioned that you know students are already not getting enough of their practical experiences and with the education system being moved to the virtual environment really there may be like even lesser practical experiences and uh maybe we can get some insights from uh Miss Patty and also Miss Priscilla for for this
1: oh yes wow because of this uh, pandemic covid-19 uh, our learning environment in the school has really changed drastically yeah and um, we have to do we have no choice we have to have this virtual learning yeah we have to do online and then we what can we do with our students uh, with virtual learning so we give them projects we give them a uh, project-based learning yeah most of our task is project-based learning and they, they'll give the students the opportunity to develop knowledge and skills yeah, through engaging projects. Yeah. And then um, with the challenges and problems they may uh, face in the real world. So they are using the four Cs, eh? the critical thinking, the uh, communication skills, collaboration, and also creativity. That is one of our solution uh, to study, uh, how they learn yeah, during this COVID-19. Uh, and for our, for our teachers, wow, we really uh, never thought about it. Uh, for me, to have Google Meet with my students. <laughs> yeah And then making videos. You know, for, because of this COVID, I can make videos already. And I'm now a YouTuber. I can upload my videos. <laughs> <laughs> to, to my students never I, if, if not of this COVID uh, pandemic, I think I still be teaching the same 20 years ago yeah? the same method yeah? the chalk and talk uh, with, with the whiteboard sometimes with the LCD la, yeah? but then it really changed us uh, the approach, our approach, our methodology, everything yeah? and then um, I really um, interested and uh, amazed with this speak up project. You know, what? I I will always go and peep on my uh, daughter during a speak up uh, session, yeah. And then she really loves the the facilitators, uh, the teachers. I don't know how you can engage with these uh, young students. Maybe we are old schools. Uh, maybe we are too serious, but they really, uh, you can engage with them. You can make them talk uh, and do the work. But for us, uh, we keep on talking, telling them, warning them, but then uh, we get very, (laughs) they don't cooperate. And they don't really enjoy learning with us, with these old people. But with you young people, uh, young blood, you can really engage them, engage with them, and they are, seems to be very enjoyable, yeah. Very having fun with what they are learning. So this is the approach that I will uh, bring to my teachers, yeah. So that how can we, these uh, old schools, how do we engage with these digital natives, yeah, with this uh, young generation? so speak up project is give me a better uh, view on how to deliver effectively yeah with a very different approach so covid 19 is sometimes blessing in disguise yeah we get we lose something but we gain also during this pandemic okay so i think that's my uh, sharing with this changing uh, learning environment because of this COVID
2: 19. I I'm so agree with you, Miss Betty. That actually, that's the difference between teacher and facilitator. When they when they listen, when they heard about teachers, they, they, they can imagine that okay, this is a very serious person. I cannot offend her or him because I will get my mark deducted if I offend the teachers or anything. But when that is the facilitator, it is like a friend to them. It is like a mentor to them. Uh, So they they actually ease up a little bit. That is why whatever the facilitators say, they will do whatever they say. So whatever the teachers say, they will, okay, I'll I'll just be obedient because I don't want to get my mark cut down or anything. So there's a big difference between facilitator and uh, teachers. So uh, back to what Yong mentioned just now. Um, in COVID, uh, during MCO, it is a very good chance for us actually. So I can only say twenty twenty was a good year for Ooz Club because we had we we organized two fishing um, competition and it was held successfully. We didn't expect that uh, uh there are so many teenagers actually interested in entrepreneurship. They actually uh. Set up of their comfortable zone to participate in this kind of competitions so um, it was a good year for us in 2020 so we we are expecting a good year in 2021 as well so uh like what miss betty mentioned just now is that uh, they are doing project based so for us we still think that project base is in between uh uh we still cannot uh, reach the students as effective as uh, putting them into a competitions or game because when they when they when they're, uh, when they see this uh, pro- uh, this uh, homework as a project based it is still something that they have to do but when they are going into a game sessions or into a, a competitions it is very different already so they will put their heart hundred uh, percent heart into the competitions uh, because they have a goal because they want to win the competitions or maybe they want to win a game That is why they will put more effort into uh, achieving their goal. So to top up of what uh, uh, Miss Betty mentioned just now, we are because we organize pitching competitions, uh, pitch bar. That is why we see that uh, even though we did not uh, tell them what to do in each stage, but the students actually have that self-learning attitude. They ask us questions. They want to uh, achieve whatever they want to achieve in the particular sessions, they'll try to improve themselves. Uh, this is what we see as a positive environment where the students actually push themselves towards a better uh, better versions of themselves. So um, for us, we will continue these kinds of uh, learning environment, which is uh, we make it into a game sessions or a competition sessions for the students to uh, participate in so that they 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 have this self-learning attitude that we we as a mentor or a facilitator we don't have to tell them oh, this is what you have to do so the students actually uh, take the initiative to ask us what should we do next to complete the task or uh to you know to achieve our goal yeah with that uh, back to you young
0: Thank you so much, Miss Betty and Miss Priscilla. So I think like from what you both of you shared just now, I think I can summarize it into uh uh something called perspective, right? So I I I'm really glad that uh for Miss Betty, from all the change and uh all the hustle that you all the educators have to go through to change from physical classes to virtual classes and to keep uh, keep that perspective. As uh, all of this is a blessing in disguise, and that um, all of this is a new experience, uh, uh, a new skill to learn for all of you. It's very, very incredible because and and I'm gl- I'm really glad that that is the outcome for you because like for some people in this uh pandemic situation, that is not the case for them, and also like yeah, uh, the pandemic situation may have like uh. Uh, damage them great deal and uh, for that it's really incredible for 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 that this is the outcome for for you and yes and i also really uh, really like how miss priscilla mentioned that you know in the students perspective well uh, a project is not very much the same as games and competitions and in that sense if they look at project it will feel like it's it's like a obligation to do or like they have to like put effort and then they were like oh my gosh and yeah they would lose motivation and things like that and i like how that it's um converted into like games and competition for them to uh have that uh intrinsic motivation themselves to like uh to showcase their creativity and also like push themselves and with that I think that we are coming close to the session already. And to close it off, maybe we can close it off with three questions. So the three questions is, uh, what can students do? What can educators do? And what can the community do? So these are like the way forwards for the audience to hear. So to see what can uh, these groups of people do to support the learning environments of uh Malaysia and also like especially in this COVID situation. So for this, I think I will open it up to uh the floor to everyone to the four speakers here to share anything uh that they think that these people can do to help.
1: Okay. Um what can maybe I'll talk about what can teachers do? Yeah. What can teachers do to support this uh learning? uh during covid yeah and also for yeah for this uh for this new generation okay i heard from miss priscilla project-based learning compared to what us club is doing with games and competition games and competitions are better right so i got something here so for the teachers like what uh speak up project is doing the, from the help University, I noticed that you have uh, games in your lesson, huh? in your session. You have games and also competition. So that is what we lack of. We'll improve huh? for the teachers. We will have in our uh, learning, teaching and learning approach. What we'll do is we ha- will have more games, competitions for the students yeah so that they they can uh, use their whole potential yeah to to show to the teachers that they are worth it they can do something because normally our class is too much theory we ask them to do these these exercises do this as homework and later on you have to pass up to send to us uh, and for us to give you marks but we are lack of this uh Uh, competition and also fun learning yeah fun learning so that is what i think we should move forward with this the teachers we have to change our approach we cannot be too serious and focus too much in academic but we are more to hands-on activities yeah and maybe it's more to ict based technology based yeah with our students even though I'm in the interior, but 90% of my students, they have this internet access. yeah. So it should be not a problem to my school. And I really need to mention it here that be, because of this uh, Speak Up project, my daughter is participating for the second time. yeah. And then she asked me today, mommy, why we have to wait until next week for the next session? Why cannot every day we have classes with our teachers? So <laughs> it's just the opposite with our the teachers. Uh. Sorry for my teachers. Uh. Not all, but some of the students will say they can't wait for the, the session to end uh, in our school, the class. But for your speak up project, they can't wait for the next lesson. So I just told my, my daughter, they are university students they have to go for lectures they cannot teach you every day so have to wait lah maybe after one week eh, just uh, once a week you have that session with them so she told me that oh uh, can i uh, join again next year i'll miss them i uh yeah so i uh, i don't know you cannot join you already finished form five i told her and you, maybe you can be the facilitator yeah be like the teachers that you love how they teach you how they share their knowledge how they make you do your work with, with uh uh willingly how they make you willingly do your work yeah and happily doing it so i would like to congratulate yeah to congratulate uh, uh youngji and your group especially uh zuchin Deborah Deborah you are my daughter's uh, facilitator uh, and she loves you she sends uh, best regards to you and Yongji she also loves you because you look like the korean uh, <laughs> actor <laughs> okay and for us club uh, us club really can help uh, our students yeah to be more open minded so that they don't really depend on government you know and also our parents huh? sometimes our parents they really want our the, the children to work in government sector never they never want their their, their children to be an entrepreneur for them it is not a, a what a secure uh, future for the students for their kids huh? but with us club how you uh, give this platform for the students uh, to, to really uh, uh, give them practical experience uh, to become young entrepreneurs. That is really helping our young generation yeah, to survive in this uh, VUCA world, yeah? world with full of challenges. Okay, so all the best to US Club and also help University Pick project, keep it up, keep it, keep it up, and hope we can have a long-term partnership, yeah, for the good and benefit of our students. So I think that's it. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Miss Betty. Uh, I just want to add on a little bit because um, uh, thank you so much, Miss Betty, because I feel so glad and I feel so honored that uh, um, Sabahan, especially uh, students in now have you as their Yeah, uh, principal, because you are such an open-minded principal that uh, I have. You are you are one of the most open-minded principal I have met so far. And uh, um, just want to add on a little bit that uh, yeah, uh, entrepreneur skills and they are actually uh, skills that uh, it is actually a mindset that uh, that the students can use it for any pursuit in their life. It is not about just making profit or, or, or you know making money and everything it is just a mindset for them so it is really important for the students to learn about entrepreneurial skills and like what miss betty mentioned just now is that um uh i think the government schools and us the the public sector we have to work really close so that we can ensure a bigger platform for the students to to shine uh uh to we have to collaborate. That, that's the only thing that I wish to tell uh, we as a community, we as organizations, that we have to collaborate so that we can grow bigger, so that we can uh, create awareness for the uh, parents, especially the parents who think that entrepreneur is actually a businessman or businesswoman. We have to, you know, uh, uh, bring a new concept to them that entrepreneurial uh, education is not about business is about a a mindset for the students to help them in any pursuit in their life. Alright, so uh, with that, back to you, Young.
0: right. thank you so much Miss Betty and Miss Priscilla, and I hear you. And also like, wow, that was quite a compliment from your daughter. (laughs) Yeah, so I think the audience can also like get a glimpse of what I look like. Just imagine a Korean guy and that kind of looks like me. And so. Uh, what we uh, jokes aside, what we have mentioned just now, uh, for Miss Betty, uh, you mentioned about also the educators' approach in terms of like teaching and in terms of how they can help the the students in work and also their learning, and also, uh, the students can also like uh, approach more towards uh learning about technology based, uh, learnings. And also from Miss Priscilla, it will be our uh, students can also approach and be curious about entrepreneurial skill, especially when uh, Miss Betty mentioned that some of the parents are supporting the children more to go for uh, to go for government related careers or like positions rather than like the more entrepreneurial side of the job scope. And for that, I think we we also can say that the parents can try to also have a more open-minded view, a more yeah a more open-minded view in terms of like what their children can achieve, what their children can possibly do for their career and also for their future. All right, and I think that would be a pretty amazing end to this uh third episode of the podcast. And I would like to say again that, you know, thank you, Miss Betty, thank you, Miss Priscilla, thank you, Zoe, and also thank you, Deborah, for joining this podcast. And I believe we have covered quite a bit in terms of, like, you know, entrepreneurship, in terms of, like, the learning environments of the Educational Institute in Malaysia, and also some insights to, you know, what COVID-19 has done to change the learning environment of educational institutes. And we have also, like, uh, talked about, like, the way forward in terms of, like, what students what educators and what parents can do for the upcoming year or like the future and so with that again thank you all for coming into the podcast and that will be all for speak up podcast by isaac in help university and see you next time